Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions that you have about the Bible. Maybe you've been reading the Bible and some Things have come up that you don't understand or that you'd like to discuss. We'd love to hear from you and talk about those things and hopefully answer some of those questions. And if you have a prayer request, we would like to uh, pray with you on the air here and, and lift up that prayer request. We have so many people listening uh, who would uh, be able to say amen and agree with that. And you can also text us also if you have a question about those things. The number to call is 303 Six nine zero three thousand. It's three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Or you can text us at seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. We want to say welcome to everybody who's listening in Colorado and Wyoming on Grace FM. So glad that you tuned in today. We also want to say hi to our syndicated stations. Uh, we are syndicated on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland. So a quick shout out to everybody who's listening over there. Welcome to the program. Glad you tuned in. And now we're also syndicated on Truth FM in Tennessee and into North Carolina and Kentucky. So glad to be there, too. I've gotten a couple callers from there and would always love to have more. So if you're listening in that region, we'd love to hear from you. Those of you listening on the East Coast and in the area around Tennessee, just a quick reminder, you're hearing this program on a one-week delay. Those of you listening in Colorado and Wyoming, you're hearing it live. And so those of you who are hearing it on delay, we would love to hear from you. You get to call in, and then you get the unique opportunity. You get to tune in a week later and listen to yourself on the radio, which is always fun. So, um, yeah, just we also want to say hi to everybody who tunes in uh, via the mobile app or the website. So you can tune in on your browser anytime if you're at work. You can just open up gracefm.com. And you can listen live. And you can also listen on the mobile app. No matter where you are, you can listen live um, through that. So you can just go to whatever app store you use. And you can, uh, you can download that. Just search for Grace FM and download that. And you can listen to it wherever you're at. So again, the number to call is 303-690-3000. or text us at 720-336-0897. Uh, just a few words about myself. Again, my name is Nick Cady. I am the host of this show every Monday here on Calvary Live. And I am the pastor of Whitefields Community Church, which is a church in Longmont, Colorado that loves Jesus and loves studying the Bible. And we meet in the St. Vrain Memorial Building. So for those of you in the Longmont area, maybe you know that where the St. Vrain Memorial Building is, right on the corner of Longs Peak and Kaufman. 700 Longs Peak Avenue is the address, right on the southeast corner of Roosevelt Park, and uh, that's a historic building here in Longmont. A lot of people know where it is, right in the heart of downtown, one block off of Main Street, one block west of Main Street. And our church meets there on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. And if you are in the Longmont area or in any of the surrounding communities, whether it's you know Berthet or Carbon Valley, if you're in Mead or um, let's see Frederick, Firestone, Decono area, down Lafayette, Erie, 
even North Boulder, that Lions area. We would love to have you come and visit us on a Sunday morning. And if you need directions or more information, or if you want to listen to any of our messages or teachings online, you can get all that great stuff at whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefields with an S, whitefieldschurch.com. And you can also hear me here on Grace FM every weekday at 2.30 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. with a regular show. Let's go. We have uh, some calls that have come in so far. Let's go to Brittany on line one from Colorado Springs. Hey, Brittany. Hi. I don't know if you remember hey. me, but that was CD girl. I do remember <laughs> you. Yeah, no, I think I, I remember talking to you, and I asked uh, you to call in again. Yeah. So. Um, oh, I have an awesome praise report. Uh, last night, or this morning, I, I go to bed late. Um, mm. There's a verse that came to mind. It says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And, you know, that really, like, wow, I don't know, something, I guess God was speaking to me saying that, you know, he loved me when I came to Jesus, and now he loves me now, even if I deal with these thoughts. And that just, like, I don't know, it's, it's a heart change, I guess. I don't know. I, I believe that he loves me now. It's like, it took five years for him to believe that, because I, I dealt with a lot of things. So wow. it's really amazing. Like, I know now that he's, he's there. Every, even if I deal with a thought, he's there fighting with me. He's with mm. me. Um, like, it's amazing. Like, I don't know. I'm just delivered, I guess. The, the thoughts are not bad. Like, I can give it to Jesus. I have 100% confidence he takes it away, and he does. That's and it's great. amazing. I don't know. It's just so cool. I'm sorry, but it's like, yay, the Word of God delivered me. <laughs> like, nice. it totally nice. gave me a revelation. Like, he loved me then. Why wouldn't he love me now? He doesn't change. He can't. Mercy can't change. It's just, I, just, I don't know. It's just, OCD's gone. Like, it's here, but it's gone, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, it's not it's not so, like, I try to, I, I don't fear anymore, because I know that he's with me, you know, yeah. the word says that. So I he's just wanted to encourage someone, or someone that's dealing with OCD or whatever, believe that you, that God loves you, and mm. that, you know, that he's there fighting for you, and everything, like, the thoughts we deal with, it's, they're hard, but he's with us, fighting for us, and he already did it. We don't have to have the victory, he's already had the victory, we just have to believe it, and just give him Thought. Hmm. Down, make it be to Jesus Christ, and every time I, I, I cast a letter down, I cast that image down. It's gone. It's gone. That's <laughs> awesome. Know. He's so amazing. That's good. He's so cool. good. Jesus, amazing. Love him so much. Cool. Yeah. Last that, time. So. Yeah. Last time you called in, I had like three or four callers call in right after you and say hey, you know, I can sympathize with Brittany because either I am struggling with OCD or some other kind of uh, issue or people who said, you know, I, I have been able to overcome it and this is how. So I know that there are a lot of people listening right now who can uh, relate to what you're going through. And um, I remember last time you called, you know, you were you were pretty broken up over this. It was a big struggle. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I know I had that revelation now in my heart that he loves me. And that I don't have to fear and I don't have to control the thoughts. I just give it to him. Sometimes it, if fear comes, yes, it does. But I know he loves me and I know that he's not going to leave me because this is like death to me. I mean, isn't it Psalm 23, uh, walking uh, mm. through the valley of death. the shadow of death? <laughs> yeah. The valley of death. That's what I call. And um, he was here with me with that. So, you know, he loves me. I mean, cool. And you know what I find interesting, too, about this is that if I would have asked you a couple weeks ago when we talked, you know, does God love you? I think you would have said yes. You know, if I would have asked you, is God's word true and powerful? You would have said yes. 
But I think there's a difference between having that kind of theoretical knowledge and then an experiential knowledge. And it sounds like you've you've taken that next step. So. Well, I didn't believe he loved me, though. That's, that's oh, really? The part, that's the hard part. Yeah, I didn't. I don't know why, because I just, I just had a hard childhood, so I had to. I thought I had to work for his love, and I didn't have oh. to work for his love. And even in this death thing, I didn't have to work for his love. And it's oh, the same. Wow. It doesn't change. I'm gonna I'm gonna read you a scripture right now, and also for you and for those who are listening on the on the radio waves. So it's just from Romans chapter eight, starting verse thirty-one. He says. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? And so uh, I just want to encourage you and anybody else listening with that, anybody who doubts the love of God for them, this is what the Bible tells us over and over. It says, whenever you have those, those feelings where you're doubting that God actually loves you, it encourages us to look to the cross. And it, here's what Romans 5 says. It says, but God shows his love for us in this. Like this is this is the proof. If you ever want to know, does God love me and how can I be sure? This is what it says. God shows his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And it says that someone might give their life for a good person, yet for an enemy. Who would do that? But that's what God has done for us. So awesome. Hey, praise the Lord. And hey, let's pray for you and pray for uh, other people who might relate to this. So, Heavenly Father, we pray for Brittany. Thank you for this victory that you're giving her in her life. Thank you for this sense and this real real knowledge that she's having of your love for her. And and thank you that this is, in her life, it's moved past the, the theoretical to really, to really belief and true personal belief. And so Lord, I pray for others who are struggling with similar things, similar feelings, maybe similar uh, things like OCD, Lord, I pray that you would give them victory as well. And for those who are doubting your love, Lord, would, would you give them a clear vision, a clear insight where they would see the cross. They would see Jesus dying for them and, and your love portrayed in that, that there's no greater love than this, the love that you have for them. So, Lord, thank you for this. Thank you for your love for us. And thank you that you give us victory as we walk with you. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Brittany, so glad to hear from you. God bless you. Too. All right, later. bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. If you have a question about the Bible, if you have a prayer request, if you have something going on in your life that you would like to know, what does the Bible say about this or, or what, what's the pastoral perspective on this, I'd love to hear from you. Give me a call. The number is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. You can also text in at 720-336-0897. So while we're waiting for those calls to come in, I'm just going to share with you a few things going on at our church. Um, this past Sunday, so we have been in a series right now. We're, we're about we're just past the halfway point. We're taking a six-week series, and we're doing, I guess it's a, in a way, it's kind of an apologetic series, meaning that we are we are addressing and answering some of the big questions or challenges that people uh, pose against Christianity. And the way that this began was a couple months ago, we took a poll online and we asked everybody we knew to share it. And the poll was just, you know, what are the things that cause for you the biggest hurdles in accepting and embracing Christianity? You know, is it science? Is it that you have this perception that science somehow buries Christianity? Is it, uh, maybe it's, 
not so much uh, that, but maybe it's hypocrisy, that you've just experienced hypocrisy from Christians and you wonder, hey, if, these is, if this is the kind of people that Christianity creates, then, then maybe there's something wrong with Christianity. Or, or maybe it's uh, something else. Maybe you feel like, how can I even trust the Bible? The Bible just seems dubious. Like, I can't really trust it. It seems like it's been altered or changed over time. And, and I'm not sure about the origin. And, and how can I be sure that it's, it's really from God? Maybe that was your issue. So we, we did this poll, and we kind of narrowed it down to the six big things. And we've been going through them one by one. So first week, we did the Bible. Then, the, then we looked at hypocrisy. We looked at science. And then just yesterday, we looked at the issue of the Christ myth, which, um, which actually didn't rank very high on our poll. It was, uh, I think, about 18% of people on our poll said that the Christ myth is a hurdle for them in embracing Christianity. And that's compared to, like, for example, we had 76% of people say that hypocrisy was a hurdle for them in embracing Christianity. So, you know, relatively, the Christ myth didn't show up as high. But, um, but for me, in my own life personally, I, I know that this was something that shook my faith. And I shared that story with the people at church yesterday. I'll share it with some of you now. So I remember, like, back in 2007, right? I, I had just gotten bandwidth, uh, broadband internet in my home in, in Hungary. I lived in Hungary at the time. And I watched this video called Zeitgeist on the internet, and it totally... Uh, through me because it made all these claims basically that that Jesus never really existed and that Jesus was just the kind of reappropriation of a bunch of ancient myths like uh, Egyptian gods like Horus and they say look Horus had all these same characteristics that Jesus had you know born of a virgin resurrected had 12 disciples all these kinds of things and um and you know born on December 25th all that all that stuff so you know for me as a young I was already pastor at the time but it really uh threw me and I, and I wasn't sure uh, what to, how to respond to it. And so it actually caused me to really doubt whether Christianity was true. Because if that stuff's true, then Christianity can't be true. It's kind of like two heavyweight boxers in the ring. And, and one of them's got to be true and the other one can't be. Like one of them's going to stand and the other one won't. And so um, we talked about that yesterday. And just, just uh, so you don't have to uh, wonder, you know, uh, upon inspection, the Christ myth totally falls apart and the Bible absolutely stands. So maybe there's some of you out there and, and you'd like to go a little bit deeper on that topic. I'd love to hear from you. The number is 303-690-3000. or text us at 720-336-0897. This coming Sunday, we're going to finish up our, our series with the next, over the next two weeks. So this coming Sunday, we're talking about the issue of suffering and evil, right? Like, so if God... Um, allows suffering why does he why does he do that and you know is it that god can't stop suffering and that in which case god is weak or is it that god could stop suffering but then he doesn't which makes you wonder is he truly a good god and so we want to talk about suffering and evil a lot of people say you know it's my own experience like our previous caller says my own experience in life that has made me question uh god's love for me uh, so we're going to talk about that this coming Sunday at Whitefields. And then the Sunday after that, we're going to deal with the issue of exclusivity and hell. Like, how can Christianity claim to be the only way to God? And secondly, like, isn't hell, isn't it just some kind of like medieval concept that people made up? That's what a lot of people think. And so we're going we're gonna to look at that. What does the Bible teach about hell? Is it true? Those kinds of things. And, um, and so, yeah, if those are of interest to you, we invite you to come and join us at Whitefields. Or if you are not nearby Longmont, uh, we invite you to check out our website, and you're, you're welcome to listen to any of those teachings online as they're posted after the fact. Let's go back to our call in line. We've got a caller on line one. Let's go to Nick in Aurora, Colorado. Hey, Nick. Hey, um, thanks for having me. <laughs> for yeah, thanks for calling in. What's up? 
Um, so me and my wife are just going through um, an extreme trial. And, uh, I mean, um, I've discovered Christ, uh, you know, because when a man is broken is when he can most easily reach us, right? Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, I guess I just I'm really asking for prayer uh, right now, please, um, mm-hmm. that, you know, uh, me and my wife see through this trial. I'm doing everything I can as a husband. Yeah. And um, I'm just, you know need a little little strength i guess yeah Where, where's your wife at with um with christianity is she a believer she is she's a believer but um i and i don't i'm not trying to question her faith or her belief at all i just uh you know she's i feel like she's not listening to god and that's not my part to say at all i guess it's i guess it's kind of the struggle that i'm having because for me it's clear what needs to happen the Bible is clear, and God has been talking to us. God's blessed us, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, I guess, um, I'm struggling with that, too. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's pray for your marriage. Heavenly Father, we pray for Nick and his wife. We thank you that you brought them together. They have a story of your grace and, and how they came together and how they they found love. And we know that the only reason we're able to love is because you first loved us, and you showed us what love is. And so... Lord, I pray for Nick and his wife. I pray, Lord, that you would restore this marriage. And Lord, I pray that as you restore it, that it would be stronger and that it would be truly built on the foundation of faith in you. It would be built on the foundation of knowing you and seeking you. And that it would be like that, that, uh, that three, uh, cord of three strands that is woven together where it's, it's going to be Nick and his wife and you and the three tied together and it's not going to be easily broken. And so, Lord, I pray for his wife and whatever she's going through spiritually or emotionally or otherwise. Lord, I pray that you would bring her to a place of forgiveness and repentance, whatever needs to take place in their marriage. It seems that that Nick has come to that place of repentance, and I pray that uh, a kind word would turn away wrath, as your word says, that, Lord, you give him just a, a sense of humility and a sense of dedication to this marriage that says, hey, you know what, if I need to humble myself, if I need to repent, if I need to apologize and do things differently, I'm willing to do that by the power of God's Spirit in me. So Lord, I pray that you would give him that uh, power by your Spirit within him. And Lord, I pray that you do a beautiful work of restoration and healing in this marriage and that we would get to hear about their testimony of how you've worked in that way. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you Amen. very much. God bless you, Nick. Yeah. Uh, hey, when when things turn around, you got to call back in, okay, and let us know. Oh, absolutely, man. I'm going to be shouting from the rooftops. <laughs> Good. All right. Awesome. God, God bless, bless you. you. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. Love to hear from you. The number is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Looks like we've got two open lines right now. But let's go to Mike in Littleton, Colorado. Hi, Mike. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for taking the call. Um, so, uh, backstory, I'm calling about James chapter 5, verses 19 and 20. Um, but, you know, Matthew 7 it talks in verse 20, or 21 and 23, where it says, not everybody says, Lord, Lord, we're under the he- uh, gates of heaven. So I'm kind of confused, because uh, I'm not confused. I just need some clarity, I guess. Is Maybe I am confused. <laughs> anyway, um, in, in James chapter 5, verse 19, where he's talking to brethren, so obviously he's talking to Christians. Um, it says in there that 
if one strays from the truth, that, that means that, that implies he chose to walk away from what he knew. Uh, and if someone were to pull him back, he would save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. Now, given that and Matthew chapter 7, is it possible that people who make that confession of, uh, of accepting Christ, is it possible that they're not truly saved? And is that what that, this is referring to? Or is it possible that you're a Christian and you backslide in a sense and it's unrepentant? What happens? I mean, what is, what is, that, what is the gist of what, Matt, what is James talking about there in, in Chapter 5, if you could elaborate on that? Yes, this is a big topic, and, a, and it's an important one. And so uh, it looks like what you're asking, really, I would kind of reframe your question. Tell me if I'm getting this wrong or if I'm getting it right, okay? So you're kind of asking, okay, so when you see people who um, it, it appears that they are Christians and then they walk away from Christianity or walk away from faith in Jesus, does that mean that that person was never actually a Christian? Or does it mean that they have somehow backslidden and and if they have, does that mean that you can lose your salvation? Is that that the gist of what you're asking? Um, yeah, that, that seems convoluted, but yeah, I, in a nutshell, more or less, I, I'm I'm curious about that because I don't want to myself or anyone else, you know, to assume that you know we live life, we don't put God first in our lives, we 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 kind of do our own thing, and God doesn't really have a place in our life, and I don't want myself or anyone else to be disillusioned and arrive in heaven and say I never knew you depart from me. You know what I mean? And that's, that, that's been on my mind recently, just myself, just some choices I've made and I've repented of them. But there's that doubt that creeps in. And then I see other Christians who live, what would some, how are they any different than sinners? You know what I mean? It's unbelievers right. in a sense. So, so, so here's what I'd say to you. Uh, I'll start with Matthew chapter 7, okay? So you mentioned this verse. That verse is actually very personal to me. That's the verse that God used in my life to get me to a place where I would say I was not a Christian, where I knew a lot of things about God, uh, but I didn't, I went to Lutheran school growing up. I, I even went to church a little bit, but, and I knew a lot of stuff about God, but I, I did not have a relationship with God. And there was a friend of mine who read that verse to me one day and just challenged me because here's what the verse says. It says, there will be many on that day, the last day, who come to me. Basically, we all stand before God on the last day, judgment day. And and these people said, Lord, Lord, we did all these things in your name. And he'll say, I never knew you. Depart from me. And she asked me, is that you? Are you the person who thinks that you know him and that you do things in his name? But the truth is you've never had a real relationship with him. And, uh, and the truth was that she, was, she hit the nail on the head. That was exactly where I was at. And I think that that is a very important verse for people to keep in mind. Because what he's saying is that there are people who believe with their whole heart that they are Christians, that they're right with God, that everything's good. But the fact is that they are not, right? So you can actually, there are people out there who think that they're Christians and in reality they are not. And he, that's why Jesus says, well, how do you know if you're a Christian? He says, the one who does the will of my father. And then in the, in the verses in that same section, he talks about having fruit. And so, you know, you will show, you know, if you are saved by the fruit that comes out of your life. And so, um, that's, that's just, it, that verse is meant to be a big wake up call to a lot of people as it was for me in my own life personally, what that verse, what God wants us to do with verses like that. And I'll give you another verse that, that I think is also really important in the same line of thinking is Hebrews chapter six, the first, uh, let's see, six verses. 
is that where he says that exact thing. People who have come to know the truth, they've been enlightened and all these things, they've tasted of the Holy Spirit, and yet they walk away. You know, what's what's going to happen to these people? And uh, what that implies is that there are people who believe that they are Christians, but the truth is that they are not. They, they have never truly repented. They have never truly entered into a relationship with God by putting their faith in Jesus Christ, and they've never surrendered their lives to him as their Lord. And, and that just needs to be a wake-up call for all of us to, to ask ourselves that question, am I truly in the faith? You know, like for when Peter says, make your calling and election sure. When he's talking about calling and election, he's not talking about like a, a calling in the sense of like God has called me to be a pastor or God's called me to be something else. When he's saying calling and election, he's literally referring to called to be in Christ and elected to be one of the elect, as the Bible puts it, those who are chosen by God to be his people. So what it means is that we need to really ask ourselves this question. Am I truly in the faith? And especially if your life does not bear fruit, which uh, which shows that you've been changed and born again, if you're not showing the fruit of that, then you really, really need to ask that hard question. Say, am I truly in the faith? And the reason Paul talks about this, that there's a kind of there's a difference between conviction and condemnation, right? So conviction is where you have this conviction that says, man, I need to get right with God, or, or I did something that was, that was not pleasing to God, and I need to repent. That's conviction. It's conviction is that sense from the Holy Spirit that I need to turn to God. Now, condemnation is something that comes from the enemy, from Satan, and condemnation has the exact opposite effect. It tells you, no, you can't go to God because you're not worthy. You, you know, why even bother? Why bother praying? Why bother going to church? Why bother trying to ask God to forgive you? He already forgave you 20 times for that same exact thing, and you just keep falling into it, right? So that's condemnation. But the good conviction, Paul says it's a good thing, and it leads to life because it leads to repentance, and it leads ultimately to joy. So here's the thing with James chapter 5, verse 19. Here's what it says. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover over a multitude of sins. Now you're asking me, was that person a believer or not a believer? And the fact is, I don't know. And the fact is that n neither you nor me nor anybody else knows for sure, right, whether a person who walks away from the faith was a Christian or is a Christian or they're backslidden or they were never actually a Christian. That's really something that we can't determine nor is it completely our job to determine that that's that's really up to god he gets and i'm really glad it is because i'm glad that's not on me to figure out and decide and you know god is the one who knows people's hearts he knows exactly where they're at um, but our job if we see somebody who has who is wandering from the truth who is going astray who is uh you know it says sinning living in active sin and we bring them back with the truth. We save their soul from death and cover over a multitude of sins. In other words, that's very much encouraged. It's very much encouraged for us to turn people back from their sins and turn people to the Lord. That's spectacular. I appreciate that summary. Um, mostly it's me going through, I guess, the garage sale of my life, you know, kind of taking a look at stuff and trying to get rid of junk and uh, look at, looking at things. Am, am I really, you know, I don't want to say, am I really saved? I, I mean, it's, it's, I know I've accepted Christ as my Savior, but it's just that it says in there that if as someone who's wandered from the truth, that's just somebody that says the God of me, I'm going to go do what I want to do as opposed mm -hmm. to what God wants to do. And yeah. then it says you pull that sinner back. And that's what kind of caught me off guard when it said that sinner because he was writing to brethren. So that's, True. I appreciate this. 
I appreciate that, and um, that makes much. That makes sense. I mean, I'm I'm comforted by it, obviously, but I, I definitely think that in our day and age in America, I think we can get lulled into this sense of comfort, thinking that we're all good, and, and you know, are we? No, that's <laughs> might, a good point. Good no, that sometimes to look I, at. That. I think you're absolutely right. Hey, I'm coming up on one minute till the break, so I'm gonna. I'm going to just uh, say one last thing and pray for you, and then we're going to go to our break, okay? Thank so you, the last thing, I was, last thing I was going to say is that that word sinner um, is used in interesting ways in the Bible. So sometimes it's referred to people who aren't Christians, but sometimes it is referred to people who are Christians. Like you were saying, you weren't sure if this is talking about Christians because he's talking to the brethren. But Paul the Apostle says, you know, I, he says, this is a trustworthy statement worthy of full acceptance that I am a sinner, Right, that I am the greatest of all sinners. So it refers, that's what we are in Christ. We are righteous people who still sin, but we've been declared righteous in Christ. I'm going to let you go because our music is playing. That means we got two minute break. I'll be right back after this. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Six nine zero three thousand, or text us at seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Let's go to Vern uh, on line one. Hey Vern. Yes, welcome hello. To, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. Um, like I was telling the person that answered the phone, I became a Christian in nineteen eighty four, and uh, I, you know, I attend church regularly. But the problem that I have, Pastor. You know, I really want to read the Bible, and I have read verses off and on. But when I go to bed tonight, the Bible's laying by the bed, and I really want to, I really plan on reading it, but I always make the decision, well, I'll read it tomorrow night. I need some help on where to start, and how can I, how can you help me in reading the Bible? Yeah, absolutely. So here's what I'm going to recommend for you. Start by reading in the New Testament. I think there's maybe no better place to start than the Gospel of John. I would say read the Gospel of John and then just keep going into the book of Acts and then just read through the rest of the New Testament. And once you're done there, then I tell you to go and read some of the Old Testament. But I, I want you to start with the Gospel of John because uh, John was written precisely to build faith in people and to give them a picture of who Jesus is and what makes him so special and unique. So, and then the book of Acts tells us, you know, how did God work through the early church and, and how did, how did that take place? How did the Holy Spirit work through the early, through the early church? So that would be my recommendation, but I have a few other recommendations is that I think that reading your Bible on your own is absolutely vital, but I also want to see you get in a group like a Bible study group with other people where you can be reading the Bible together with them, studying it. I'd love to see you be in a church where, you know, they go uh, verse by verse, chapter by chapter through the Bible. That's also another way. And I think that if you if you hit all three of those, right, so where you're studying on your own, just reading the text, we're studying in a group with a couple other people, and then where you're studying in a church, if you're in a church where, you know, you can hear Bible 
teaching that's straight out of the Bible and it's going to be going through the text, man, I think that you're going to be growing like a weed. Thank you, Pastor. I do go to a church that does have those groups and those Bible studies. I am a senior citizen, and, uh, you know, my, my kids tell me, Vern, go to church and sit in a group. Well, you've just convinced me that's the thing I need to do. Thank you so much. My pleasure. God bless you, Vern. Thank you for calling in. Thank you, Pastor. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Taking your calls and texts on the air today. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible. If you have a prayer request, we'd love to hear from you. The number is 303-690-3000, or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to Joe in Aurora, Colorado. Hey, Joe. Hey, Pastor Nick. How are you today? Doing great. Thanks for holding. Yeah, uh, could definitely use some prayer today. I am new in town, new job and everything like that, and working on a project with new co-workers. And, uh, you know, I'm not the type of person who, you know, is out there to get anybody or, you know, do wrong by anybody, but I'm very uh, meticulous about details and trying to do things right. And uh, this particular co-worker decided to take a conversation we had that lasted all about maybe a minute or less on Friday uh, in the total opposite direction and then basically make it look like I'm wrong. And uh, another thing, unfortunately, that I've come to learn about this coworker is they tend to do a lot of gossip and slander around the office. So being the, the new guy and everything, I'm kind of getting set up for a bad environment off the start. And um, it's, it's today it's got me a bit angry and, uh, you know, it's, also thinking about how am I supposed to represent Christ and this sort of a situation to these people where, you know, it, a lot is, uh, you know, pending on this particular thing and it's going to affect a lot of uh, parts and pieces and, and people's jobs. So a lot, of, a lot of pieces woven up in it and it's got me a bit stressed out, to say the least. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a lot to deal with and, uh, and a lot to manage, all that, all that stuff in the office. So well, let me pray for you. you. know, the good news is that God's word tells us, say, if anyone lacks wisdom, they should come to God who gives wisdom freely to all those who ask for it. So you've come to the right place and in the sense of coming to God. So let's, let's just lift this up for you. Heavenly Father, we pray for Joe. Uh, just here in his situation at work, he needs so much wisdom, Lord. He needs wisdom to navigate uh, the kind of politics at work with this, with this particular person and with this um, this big project that's going on that needs to happen. Lord, we pray that you give him wisdom. We pray that you give him just spiritual insight, that he would be able to to see, okay, how, how far can I can I trust people? Where do I need to work with people? And how can I how can I be a witness for Christ? How can I be effective at my job and uh, and navigate these these interpersonal relationships at work and and be a strong witness for Christ? Lord, I pray that that would come through, that his his coworkers would notice something different about him. And that that difference, they would they perceive and understand that, that difference stems from the fact that he knows you and walks with you. So, Lord, I, I do pray that you would give him divine wisdom in that. We know that there's a spiritual gift of a word of wisdom. And so, Lord, we pray that you would give him that, that supernatural wisdom from above that he needs in this situation. And, Lord, I also just pray that you give him peace in the midst of this, that he would, he would be able to step back and see the big picture and that he wouldn't... Uh, he wouldn't get overly 
stressed out over this situation, that he would be able to keep it in perspective. And that, Lord, even in this, that he would be able to seek you and have joy in Jesus. And we pray that in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Absolutely. God bless you, Joe. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. We have all open lines right now, about 20 minutes left in the show. So if you would like to call in, the number is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Let's do go over to our text line. We had a text come in uh, from an anonymous texter, but the it's on the issue of singleness. So let's talk about that. It says, hello, uh, my question is, what is the reason, in your opinion, for such a high rate of singleness in the church and your thoughts around it? As a single Christian woman in her 30s, I know dozens of wonderful women in my age group who would desire to be married and would be great spouses. I hear from male friends similar trends, but it seems to me that there are more single women. Myself and my friends are pursuing biblical celibacy, do you have any advice or thoughts on why so many of us who desire marriage in the church are staying single? Is this related to manhood or womanhood? So my answer to this, just briefly, is that I think that for the most part, this is a cultural thing that we're we're seeing, and we're seeing, you know, as Christians, we we have our own culture, right? We are a, a countercultural culture as Christians. You know, I think of the Sermon on the Mount as being a kind of like the manifesto of the culture of God's kingdom that God desires for us to live out. But I think that in a way, you know, we're we're experiencing a lot of things that are are part of the culture that we live in as regards singleness that people are waiting uh longer to get married. That's one part of it. I think that um you know, people are also looking for different things in spouses than they have at times in the past or in different cultures even today. I think that there can be this, actually there's a term for it. It's called me marriage. Me marriage means that you are looking for the marriage that fulfills you. And and that hasn't always been the way that people perceive marriage. It doesn't mean that in the past people perceive marriage in a completely healthy way either. I mean, in a lot of non-Western cultures, even today and in the past, you know, marriage was kind of like you were nobody unless you were married. And now nowadays people are kind of, you know, moving on past that to this idea of self-fulfillment being a major cultural factor uh, in in what makes our culture today. People are looking for fulfillment. And, and, you know, some people are saying, well, I'll find fulfillment in, in marriage and family. And other people are saying, well, I'm finding fulfillment by not being married and not having a family. So I think these are the cultural factors. And I'm not really meaning to pass judgment on either of these. I'm just meaning to say, I think these are the reasons why we see higher rates of singleness. And I think this absolutely mirrors just what you see in society today. If you look at statistics, they'll show you that marriage rates are lower than almost any other time in in history, especially in the Western world, America, North America, Australia, and, and Europe. And so people are just not getting married. They're not, they're getting married much later in life. And uh, part of that's due to careers and school and all of that stuff. So I just want to say there's a lot of cultural factors in here. Now, as far as you and your friends pursuing biblical celibacy, I'll just give you kind of an anecdotal thought on my part is that uh, I, I remember being in a church when I was in Hungary I was in a church for a few years uh, where I was serving, and I remember there were a lot of single ladies in this church. And and like you're saying, these are these were like 
great people who would have made great spouses and they desired to be married. But the single guys in the church, they just weren't matching up and things weren't happening. And, um, and what I saw was two different reactions. So I saw that there was some of these, and it, it tended to be more with the ladies than the men in this particular case, but some of these ladies who, who wanted to be married and they really desired it and they wanted to also serve God. But I would say that marriage in a way for them became this kind of idol. And I think that sometimes that can be, if you really want something, but you can't seem to have it, sometimes that thing can become an idol. And just to, for definition's sake, what is an idol? An idol is anything that takes the place of God in our lives, right? It takes that highest thing, the thing that you live for, the thing that you look to and you say, if I had that, then I would be okay. That's what's missing in my life. And, and that is the thing that I live for, that I desire. I believe that it will be completely fulfilling for me. So when you have something like that, that takes the supreme place of meaning and purpose and drive in your life, that is what the Bible calls an idol. In fact, I, I love what Martin Luther had to say on this topic. He introduced us to this topic of idolatry. You know, so many people think idols are, are things that people worshipped in the past, you know, made of, of metal and or made of wood and they bowed down before them. Well, yeah, those were forms of idols, but an idol is, idol can be anything in your life and usually an idol is a good thing. It's when you take a good thing and you make it an ultimate thing, whether that's success, whether it's affirmation, like people, you know, patting you on the back and telling you you did a good job, whether it can be romantic love, whether it could be commitment, you know, having someone who's committed to you. There are a, a million things, and usually they're good things that we turn into ultimate things. Those are idols. And, and anyway, what Martin Luther had to say on the topic of idolatry is really interesting. It's kind of in his preface to his first, or to his uh, large catechism. What he says is that he, he begins the catechism with uh, a description of, okay, here's the Ten Commandments, and here's what each of them means. And he says that the reason the first commandment is that you shall have no other gods before me, right? That's the first commandment. Me, you shall have no other gods before me is because that really all of the other commandments uh, are based on that one commitment, based on that idea of anything that comes before God, you shall have no other gods before me. Anything that you put above God is a God. It, before the God is a God, right? It's an idol. And it leads to all the other things. It leads to covetousness. It, it leads to lying. It leads to adultery. Adultery is a result of idolatry in our lives. And it leads to, you know, all of the other, all of the other things that are in the Ten Commandments. And so what I saw happen, now back to my previous story, where I said I saw these, these two kind of reactions amongst the young ladies in this church that I was in um, to wanting to be married and not being able to find a spouse. And the one reaction was that they, they began to I, I idolize it. And they, in a way, in some of them, it, it turned into a kind of like this thing that was the only thing they thought about. It was their supreme desire in life. And and when they didn't get it, they started, uh, some of them, you know, they got discouraged. And I, and I think that's sad, but they got discouraged and they got some of them even to the point of bitterness and becoming embittered against women who did get married or, or men who were single and would not, uh, you know, like them. And it just, it became this very unhealthy thing. And I was a single young man at the time in this church. And I remember just looking at this and being like, wow, I I did not want anything to do with those ladies. And that was the great irony of it. It's the one thing they want the most. But in wanting it so bad, they didn't realize that they were actually repelling people, uh, repelling the people who they were, were hoping to attract. 
And, and this is the irony of it. And it gets back to one of Jesus' statements. He says, you know, if you seek your life, you will lose it. If you seek to hold on to your life and keep your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, for my sake and for the gospel's sake, Jesus said, then you will find it. And so then there was the other reaction that I saw was that there were some ladies who said, you know what, I'm not married and I'm going to take Paul the Apostle's advice in 1 Corinthians where he talks about singleness and he says, you know, singleness is a really interesting time of your life. It's a time when you can be sold out. You can be single-minded, you know, to use a catchphrase. You can be single-minded for Christ and you can be completely sold out and say, hey, you know what, I'm not married and I don't have kids and that frees me up. And I'm going to use the freedom that I have in my time, not with desperately trying to get married, but I'm going to use it with uh, just serving the Lord wholeheartedly. And I'm going to serve in the church and I'm just going to go on mission trips and I'm going to say yes to every opportunity to worship and to serve that I can and just be sold out. And, and you know, if, if the Lord brings me somebody, then the Lord brings me somebody. And, um, and I got to tell you, that was my wife. That's how I met my wife. Uh, she was a single lady in the church and I just saw, and that was what attracted me to her. I'm like, man, that lady, she, this, this young woman, man, she is just serving the Lord wholeheartedly and she is passionate about it. And that passion for the Lord attracted me because I could tell that she wanted, and here's the irony. She wanted something more than she wanted me. She wanted the Lord and a relationship with the Lord and serving the Lord more than she wanted me. And I frankly wanted the same thing. I, I was more into serving the Lord than I was into uh, finding a spouse. And then the two of us kind of looked over at each other at some point and we say, oh, hey, you too, right? That C.S. Lewis had this thing on friendship and he said, so what, with lovers, they have the posture of lovers is that they are looking at each other, looking each other in the eye and facing each other. But the posture of friends is that friends are standing side by side, not looking at each other, but looking at some other thing, some third thing. And then they look over at each other and they say, oh, hey, you too, right? Like, I I'm pursuing this thing and you're pursuing this thing. And well, why don't we do it together? And, and that's why I would say that I think the foundation of a healthy, godly, biblical marriage, and I, I think that you can back this up biblically as well, is, that, um, is what I would call a spiritual friendship, which means that the basis of your marriage is that you're both pursuing Jesus wholeheartedly and you're doing it together. And you're saying, hey, the goal of my life is to know God and make him known. And hey, there you are and you're doing the same thing. Hey, why don't we hold hands and we'll do it together? And, and that, when that is the foundation for your marriage and it's the foundation for your family when you later have kids, it actually prevents you from making idols out of your marriage and making idols out of your kids. And it will ultimately, and again, this is the irony, and it's along the lines of what Jesus said when he said, if you lay down your life and you'll find it, for if you lay, give up your life for my sake and for the gospel's sake, that's when you'll find true life. But if you try to hold on to your life, uh, then you will lose it. And, and you know, Again, this isn't a formula where you're like, okay, so in other words, Nick, what you're saying is if I just stop trying to get married and just start serving the Lord, then I will get married. Well, I can't promise you that, but I can promise you this. You will have a great relationship with the Lord if you're seeking him and serving him and you will be incredibly blessed. I can't guarantee that it's going to translate into marriage in every case. In some cases it might, but, but not in every case. My point is this, uh, be sold out for the Lord whether you're single or whether you're married. And, and if you are married and, and uh, 
just seek to have your marriage be built on that foundation of what I said, spiritual friendship, where the two of you are both have your eyes locked on Jesus. You're pursuing him to serve him. And then you take you hold hands and you do it together. I think that's going to build a very strong uh, marriage. So any anybody who'd like to uh, to have more uh, discussion on that, I would love to talk with you about it. But let's in the meantime, let's go to our callers. Let's go to Dominic in Lakewood, Colorado. Hey, Dominic. Dominic, you not are you there? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm here. Okay. Hey, Dominic, what's going on? Hey, <laughs> um, I was just calling. Uh, uh, and yeah, I, 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 first of all, I just wanted to say thank you for, uh, you know, for serving the way that you do, and and uh, uh, I love this radio station, and uh, you know, so yeah, I just, I just appreciate it. Uh, hearing the other uh, fellow servants of the Lord, and it's very encouraging. Yeah. Um, awesome. And I just uh, actually wanted to say as well, um, yeah, like uh, expanding on the marriage thing, even like because my wife is actually not saved and we got married unequally yoked. I had kind of one foot in the church and one foot in the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, the foot in the world was obviously a little stronger. So um, anyway, didn't didn't uh, heed the Lord and um, got married unequally yoked and uh, just for anyone who's listening, it's 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 a very unique kind of turmoil that it causes in your soul. You know, it causes uh, to stir up in your spirit. So, mm. um, but um, that that's that's a reason for my cause. I just wanted to see if I could get prayer for my beautiful wife, and uh, that uh, I would continue to have the strength to love her, um, and that I could grow in that and loving her as Christ did the church. And yeah. Uh, just what, to show her the love of Christ. Uh, what has that, her reaction been? Her heart would be one. What would it, what 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 has her reaction been to you as you've kind of turned back to the Lord? Uh, very unique, actually. <laughs> so at first uh, she was uh, upset about it, and then um, kind of gradually started to. I, I mean, it's still in kind of a open rebellion kind of rejection to it. And uh, slowly has been um, accepting it more and more um, because she saw the positive change that actually came through when uh, I was truly saved. And um, I think that was the biggest thing is that just showing her that consistency in my life and what the Lord has done in my life, um, that he could possibly give her the same thing, you know, and that uh, the peace that he's brought to me um, has been overwhelming and, and just that she could possibly have the same and just sharing my faith with her. She's a little more open to it now, which is such a blessing. The Lord has been working in her heart and, you know, stirring up the soil of her heart. And, um, I think seeds have been planted. So I just, um, yeah, I would just love continued prayer over that. And, um, we're actually expecting uh, a baby too. So, in and, uh, the beginning of August. So, wow. Congratulations. Um, yeah, thank you, thank you. So, uh, so just uh, major blessings, a, a lot of blessings all around from the Lord, and uh, so that's why I just want to continue prayer for her heart. Cool. Yeah, let's pray for you right now. But let me just ask you one last question: How long have you guys been married? Uh, we've been married. We're going on. We're uh, just past our five-year anniversary, actually. Okay. Cool. Hey, you know, I uh, I was writing. I have a blog that I write, and I was writing on there some statistics. Actually, one of my most viewed posts is the statistics about what happens when the 
the male figure in the marriage or in the family uh, turns to Christ and actually just goes to church consistently, like just that part. Uh -huh. Or if you if you are sold out for the Lord, what happens in families according to statistics? And it's something crazy like around 90% of, uh, of spouses of men who are fully committed uh, end up turning to the Lord over time. So I, I, I just want you to be encouraged and know that, uh, that God tends to hear these prayers, man. So let's pray awesome. for you. Heavenly Father, thank we you. pray for Dominic and we pray for uh, his wife. Just thank you, Lord, for his conviction that he needs to be walking with you and he needs to be serving you. And I, I pray that uh, as he continues to pray for his wife, Lord, that she would sense that, that she would really uh, be influenced and changed by his witness in their home. And I pray as they have the baby, Lord, I know that's not going to necessarily make things easier in this sense of being unequally yoked. But Lord, I pray that, that Dominic would be a strong leader and that you would lead him by your spirit, that he could lead his family. And I pray for his uh, child, Lord, that the child would grow up to know you as well. And I just pray that we would be able to hear a testimony from him in the future, that, Lord, you worked in his family, and they are walking with you. So, Lord, we pray that that would be the case, and that you do that work in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, God bless Thank you. you. Thank you for much. calling in. All right, bye-bye. Yeah, bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. We are at the five-minute mark in our show. We've got time for one more caller. Let's go to Israel in Westminster, Colorado. Hey, Israel. Hey. Okay. Welcome to the show. Pastor, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing I'm, I'm going to uh, address a, a, a slip of the tongue. But you, had, the previous caller, you had made the statement that typically an idol is not a bad thing. What I mean is the things that we make idols out of are actually tend to be good things, but we turn them into bad things by making them into ultimate things. So let me okay, give you an well, example. Okay, go, go ahead. That wasn't articulated. You literally made the statement that typically an idol is not a bad thing. Yeah, I guess you're right. I did. So I apologize for that. I, I do believe that idols are bad things, but what I meant to say is that we make idols out of things that are not bad in and of themselves. It's when we, we take them and we make them into ultimate things. So, for example, you can make an idol out of, a, out, of, um, a, out of family. Is family a good thing? Absolutely. Is it good to make an idol out of it? No. So that, that's all that I mean. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for uh, calling in. I'm glad I could clarify that. God bless you. All right. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Katie. We have time for a few um few of our text messages so let's go to those uh, we had a person write in on the topic of marriage i was talking about singleness and marriage and she said thank you for your thoughts on that i hear your thoughts on bitterness some of that exists um, moreover uh, unspoken there's also sexual immorality going on um, including pornography and, and so this person was hoping i could address that so yeah i do think that 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 is part of this whole uh Thing And again, I think it gets back to that subject of the me marriage and the self-fulfillment motif that is so popular in our culture. And I think that there is a way in which uh, pornography absolutely plays right into that, right? Where we say that the, my whole goal in life is to be fulfilled and feel good and take care of myself. And, you know, a lot of people have said, and I, I don't think they're right, they've said that, um, that pornography is a victimless crime. And statistics show that that is absolutely not the case. It, it has a damage not only on the person who is involved in, um, you know, 
being the one filmed or having photographs taken of themselves, but it also damages the soul, the psyche and the soul of the person who consumes it. So it is absolutely not a victimless crime. And and I agree here with this person writing in that that is also a factor in uh, singleness issues in the church that we see. So thank you for texting in on that. Let's see, we have time for one more. Let's go to a prayer request. This person says, Hi, I have a, a prayer request for a family friend. Her husband stepped out on their marriage and is wanting a divorce. They have two kids and she does not want to split up, but he refuses to go to marital counseling. Please pray for restoration. Let's do that. And I know that, see, that's the thing about these texts and calls that uh, come in. I know that this isn't the only case. I'm sure there are so many people listening who are like, yep, I know somebody or I am that person going through the exact same thing. So let's pray for all of these marriages. Heavenly Father, we... we Thank you for your word. It says that marriage is a picture of Christ in the church. It's a picture of your love for us. And we get to live that out in relation to somebody else. We get to forgive. We get to show grace as we have been forgiven and shown grace. We get to be faithful as you have been faithful to us. Lord, we pray for those who are struggling right now in their marriages. Lord, we pray that you would strengthen marriage. As your word says in, in Hebrews, that marriage would be held in high regard. And Lord, we pray for those who are who are struggling right now. Maybe they're separated. Maybe they're divorced. Maybe they're just not, maybe they're having a situation at home where the couples are not talking to each other and, and families are in crisis. Lord, we pray that you would bring about restoration. We pray that you would bind the enemy in the ways that he wants to twist and contort things and that, that you would bring restoration and healing and grace. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We have reached the end of our show. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Thank you for tuning in today. My name is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. You can check us out, whitefieldschurch.com, and I will be with you again next Monday for Calvary Live. In the meantime, tune in every day, 4 to 5 p.m. for Calvary Live. God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.